You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. My next guest is perhaps best known for his book, Raising Boys. It's hard to believe that that book is now 20 years old and it gave parents a guide how to raise boys in a changing world. He's also written a book called Raising Girls and his latest release is titled 10 Things Girls Need Most. He's in the studio with us now. I am, of course, speaking about Steve Bidolf. Hello and welcome. Hi, Siobhan. Nice to meet you. Why is it important to treat raising boys and girls differently? Well, there are risk factors that are different. I mean, when we talk about gender today, we see it as, as a number of continuums. And so, so there are kids all over that continuum. But still, the generalizations work pretty well for, for 90% of kids. And with girls, the risk factors are very different. And they particularly are um, to do with stress and anxiety and the fact that girls are very prone to implode and to do self-destructive things where boys tend to do things that destruct destructive to other people. Um, now, that's very broad brush, but um, girls we're very worried about now. I focused on boys for 30 years because my the ethic of a psychologist is to go where the need is greatest because girls used to be really flying. 20 years ago, girls were just taking off, and now there's this sudden downturn in girls' mental health. About one in five girls now is on anxiety medication. Um, Problems that are driven by anxiety like um, self-harm and eating disorders, risky sex, risky drinking, um, are all different ways of expressing the same thing, which is that they feel very, very unsafe in the world. And so we wanted to, to do something about that before I sort of carked it. I wanted to, to <laughs> I this, hope a bit this off whole that. <laughs> new problem that's come up. Well, I thought my work was done. You know, but, but girls are suddenly pressing all our alarm bells, and and I wanted to. And I and when I started this, I had a teenage daughter, and I could see what she and her friends were going through, and I just got so angry about that. I wanted to make a difference. And do you think it's about the fact that? the world has changed or and, and we as parents just aren't keeping up with that yes it's the 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 deep down secret about child psychology and family psychology is the kids are not the problem it's us and the stress that we are putting on our children it's you need to say keeping up with the world it's us who've changed the world um they're still stone age babies and toddlers and we've made an insane world for them and that's really only come about in the last 20 years um parents are now much more frantic and hurried they don't really connect as well with their littlies um the outside world puts pressures on mums and dads that are just inhuman and, and, of course, where that shows up, the canary in the mine, is, is, our, is our children. And I think it's the girls who are that little bit more thin-skinned, more open-hearted, um, which is what you want in a human being. They're the ones who are falling over first. And, and, and parents are just, you know, finding their daughters in the, in the bathroom at 3 o'clock in the morning, curled up, shaking, and, and in just terrible anxiety, panic attack kinds of things it's just the worst thing and so we think that starting with babies and toddlers the under sixes is the key to this kids come unstuck at 14 that's that's when it happens but where it's caused by is the is the years under six which is what i know you want to talk about so at the very beginning of the book just to just to take a step back before we go into Mm. that specific age bracket you encourage parents at the very beginning to envisage the woman 
they hope their girl will grow into. Why is this an important step? Because I often find, as a mother of a five-year-old, I am so focused on her at five in the little steps, like um, the new things she's learning, like reading or how she's learning to possibly one day make her own breakfast. (laughs) You know, they're very minute, very small things to look at. Why is it important to look at the bigger picture here? Yes, because you're the parent and, and... The, of course, those small things count, but the, the thing that we have to do is hold that space of that we, we've got 20, 20 years or so to, to make a, a, a woman. Her journey is kind of a quest where she's gathering the ingredients of her womanhood. So we need to have that in mind. And this book was written, even though I'd already written Raising Girls, because the problems were not going away and we needed stronger medicine. And so it's a, it's a much more confronting book. And in particular, it's an interactive book. As you said, you fill it in as you go. And it says, what are the three qualities you want your daughter to have when she's 25? Now, that's not hard to answer. As soon as you think about that, oh, yeah, you know, I, can know, I know what I'd like in terms of her qualities. But by spelling that out, you're saying, okay, I want her to be kind. I want her to be strong. Whatever it is you've chosen, then everything you do is in that direction. And you, and you have an overall sense of where you're going. And I think that really helps to lift you out of sometimes the pretty Minutia. depressing mire of day to day life. It's funny you say you want them to be kind. That was definitely the first thing I mm. thought about. But then I started reflecting on my own experiences and I thought, well, I don't just want her to be kind. Oh. I really want her to be confident. Yeah. I found that an interesting process. I mean, how important is it when we raise our children that we are self-reflective on our own experiences? I think it's the key to everything. For instance, a lot of people might say what they aim for, but, but actually what they're aiming for is success. And I think success is probably the most toxic concept in our lives today. And in girls in particular, success just becomes a competition that makes them miserable. We've discovered that the most stressed girls, in this, particularly in the UK where I was basing the book, um, the most stressed girls in Britain have two university-educated parents. So they've picked up that I have to be smart, I have to do well. And in their life, that's a misery. It's not a joy. Always we have to look, is that going to work for the next generation? You're listening to Kindling Conversation, and I'm speaking with Steve Bidolf. He's an author and parenting educator. His latest book is called 10 Things Girls Need Most. And we're going to focus on the under sixes because that's um, where most of us are at at the moment. You do split um, development for children into certain age groups. Mm. Could you tell me about the stages in the under six thereabout and the key things that they need at those stages from us? Sure. In very broad strokes it's not to two and two to five and not to two is all about security and feeling loved and secure basically feeling loved and secure is is the basis of mental health if, you, if you're somewhere in your bones you can remember being held and safe and being cherished by someone who had all the time in the world for you then you store that feeling you can go back there when you're 40 and everything's falling apart you remember being loved and that's all because kitties take care of their own learning and their own development. They, they'll never go faster. And then from two to five is the explore phase. And this is the one we mess up with girls. This is why it's a gender thing. We tell little boys to explore. We tell little girls to be pretty and neat and, and do 
cutesy little things. And so I'm really emphasizing in this book, your daughter is a wild creature and she needs to run wild and she needs to be in the rhythms of nature and the textures. She needs to walk on uneven ground and get in the mud. Maggie Dent, who's my great hero, she says that nature nurtures screens, artificial, clean, tidy places. They don't do the right things for our brain development or for our senses. And so getting more nature back into girls' lives. And dads are good for this. They, I was going to yeah. say that. Um, when It's funny when you read these books because uh, another thing that you say that I do like is that in the preface of your book you say, if you've mucked one of these stages up, don't worry. You can still you can still work mm. on it and, it and change things. You read those segments and you go, oh my goodness, did, did I do that with my daughter? And when I think about the exploring part, it has definitely been my husband's influence with Mm. my daughter that has let her climb to the top of the rocket where I would be going I can't get her back down (laughs) if she goes up there so no you can't go up there but he's been much better at encouraging that kind of risk taking behaviour safe risks or yes there's a statistic I heard which is that children are five times more likely to be hospitalised while in the care of their fathers (laughs) and so do be careful but still it's it's a a fact dads in the research are very closely connected with confidence in girls and it's that spending time with her in her teens and doing things and treating her as an intelligent being but even in in toddlerhood, uh, hanging out with dad, doing stuff, discovering that you can get knocked over by a wave at the beach and it's all right. You know, wow, that was kind of, I thought I was scared, but it was actually really funny. Yeah. And, and that, that kind of emotional resilience that, that girls need to have so that they know that the world is, is theirs, that they don't have to go in a fearful way out into the world. That R word you just used, resilience, is something we all strive for, and particularly with girls, in, mm. in light of what you've said. What do you think is the key thing as parents we can do to help our daughters, and I suppose our sons as well, develop that skill, that resilience? Yes, the answer might surprise you, because I think resilience is thrown around a lot. It's a bit of a easy get out, say, oh, that child just needs more resilience, whereas most often it's just there's not enough support built into their world. The problem isn't in them. But I think the greatest gift always is that we as adults are calmer than our children because they're naturally flighty and girls in primary school age, they get angsty about things. They come home. The job of a parent is to be more relaxed than their children. And we're calm and they're stressed out and they talk to us. And I think what we have to do is become a stillness centre in their lives. And so we don't say much. We don't do much. We just stand around. And after about four or five minutes, they say, you know, why are boys like that, mum, or something like that? And the, the door opens, you know, some boy's been asking them to send naked texts or something, and or something's happened. But if we're not really settled, they'll think, oh, I don't want to bother mum, she's got a lot on her plate, or oh, dad's too busy, and they won't tell us. And so it's a complete opposite. The world is saying, hurry and rush. But what they actually need is adults who at least look like they've got all the time in the world. And that's a very countercultural message. Speaking as a mum of a boy and a girl, Mm. one is, uh, as I mentioned, my daughter's five, my son's almost three. And I remember thinking at one point, boy, am I in trouble when he can talk because I have a family of talkers. And one of the most challenging things for me, and I'm not sure if other parents experience this, is Every member of my family talks to me or at me at the same time. And it's the struggle for me is to make them all feel like they're heard. Mm. I'm including my husband in this, by the way. (laughs) That sounds really tough. Um, And I'm just wondering, uh, as someone who has uh, written for both 
boys mm. and girls. Mm. In that family dynamic where we have to try and be present for both our boys and our girls, how did you manage it? Because you've got one of both, one of haven't each, you? Yes. One of the things that we tend to do these days is we hang out as a family. Now, that's buzzy and it's great, but not a lot of connection happens then. And it's very important to get away with each child. And we've recommended for a long time that you have a couple of day trips with a child, particularly a child who's worrying you a little bit. Go away. Go somewhere simple. Eat, cook, sleep. And in the course of that time, whatever's bothering them, or whatever's gone wrong between you will come to the fore. Now, it might come out in a real hassly, critical way, but you can only be close to one person at one time. And, and if we realize it's the same with husbands and wives, with the kids of your age, you need husband and wife time as well, just to find each other again. And if we realize that, we, you know, our eyes are on the front of our face, we can only see yes. one person. Only um, one, we might have two yeah. ears, but that doesn't mean <laughs> no. you can take them all in at once. That's right. Look, I, I do encourage people to get this book because I think that interactivity where you have to think and write things mm. down is a really interesting process, different from a lot of books that are out there. But before I let you go, do you have any advice for parents? parents of girls. This is just a taster, but they might be looking at the future and feeling quite intimidated. Yes. Well, I think we've raised children for about half a million years, as best they know. It involved a lot of driving off hyenas with spears. <laughs> and, um, and so those are your jobs. Your jobs are to drive off hyenas or at least fence them out. You know, you don't have smartphones in the bedroom when there's seven at night. But it's also to teach your daughter to use a spear and progressively she'll do her own spearing. But it's always been scary and hard and lovely and peaceful as well. And if you hold those two things, soft heart, big sharp spear, you'll be right in the world. Oh, brilliant. Well, Steve, thank you so much for coming in today. Pleasure. That's Steve Bidolf. He's a parenting educator and author. His latest book is called 10 Things Girls Need Most. It's out now and we'll pop a link up to Steve's page so you can find out more there. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.